In Proverbs chapter 4, we're going to look at verses 1 through 4 this morning. And so this morning, if you would turn to uh, Proverbs chapter 4, we're going to look at those first four verses, and we're going to look at this morning at that title, A High Calling of a Godly Father, A High Calling of a Godly Father this morning. Isn't God good? Isn't He our ultimate Father this morning? And we're going to look at those verses. Would you read them with me this morning? It says in these verses, it says, Hear ye, children, the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. Verse 3 says, For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words, keep my commandments, and live. The high calling of a godly father. Will you pray with me this morning? Hallelujah. God, we come before you this morning. And God, we thank you, Lord, that you are the ultimate father. You are the father that loves us, Lord, more than anything else. And God, you showed that love by giving your son, Jesus Christ, as an offering for our sin to show your love and your sacrifice to save us and, Lord, to redeem us. And we thank you this morning. God, would you move with your Holy Spirit? Would you speak? Would you have your way in this service this morning? And God, would you anoint? And God, when we come to the altar, that we would hear your voice and we would, Lord, feel your presence. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The high calling of a godly father. More than anything, uh, the, the calling that God puts on our lives is it, sometimes we, we look at it and we think that we failed or we feel like that uh, the thing that God's called us to do as being a father, that maybe there's so many better examples and that maybe it's not that important and maybe somebody else is doing a better job. And sometimes in our mind we can minimalize the fact that God has put such a high calling on you and I as a father. It's so important as parents to the, the, the responsibility that God has given us. And the enemy wants to get our attention on everything else to think that it's what we're doing is not that important. But the Lord is giving us here in these verses that we're looking at here, you see that this proverb writer is sitting here saying, as the, the son has, has already been down the road and he's telling you that now he's became a father and he's saying to us is that, hey, listen to me, what counsel I've got. I've been a son. I've been that child. I've been that one that I'm trying, that's had wisdom tried to be imparted to me. And I've sat right where you were, son. And, and I sat there, or daughter. And I've sat right there. And my father said to me, son, listen to my counsel. It'll give you life. It'll give you wisdom. It'll give you long life and strength. If you listen to what I say, it says here it gives us life. And so he says that my father told me the same thing. And he says, now I'm setting you down and I want to impart to you some of the wisdom that my father gave me and that his father gave him. Wouldn't you like as a father, listen, if there was one thing I could do as a father, it would be taking all the mistakes that I made and be able to take those 
and, and all the wisdom I learned from not listening to my father or not listening to God and take those uh, uh, results of me not listening and implant them in my children so they would know. It's because sometimes we say, sit down and listen. Let me tell you something. And so that's what this, this writer here is doing is saying, listen to me. Let me give you wisdom that my father gave me. And he could have went on in a few verses and said, let me tell you what didn't happen correctly and what it cost me. It cost us when we don't listen, doesn't it? And I've got so many of those scars because I didn't listen. But this, today we're going to look at five things. There's more, but there's five things that we're going to look at. God's gave you as a father this morning. God's gave you a high calling. God's put a call on your life, and he's entrusted to you uh, with children. Some of you may not even have children yet. He's going to, and so it's important not to say, well, this has not got anything to do with me. Or you may say that my children's already out of the house. Let me tell you something. You still are making an impact not only on children, but your grandchildren and people that's around you. And you don't have children yet. You will, and so it's important for us to understand it's a high calling. It, it, it is a privilege. It is a blessing. It is a very heavy responsibility that God has put in our lives as fathers. Today we're going to look at five things. First one, we're going to realize that if you are a father, God has called you to be a teacher. Do you realize that fathers, no matter whether you realize it or not, you are a teacher. You are an instructor for your children, and they're looking to you. Uh, for you to impart wisdom. Sometimes we see, of course, we see here in verse 1, it says, Hear ye children, he's talking to his children, the instruction of a father, talking about himself, and attend, attend to know understanding. By the way, all these verses I'm going to read to save me from trying to switch back and forth. I'm just going to read them. So just listen. You can look them up later, but I've got some verses, but I'll read them to you, okay? And it says, Attend to know understanding. That attend to know understanding means pay attention. What I've got to say and gain understanding. I want to give you something that will take you down the road. I want to give you something that will help you in your life if you'll only listen. So many times I wasn't listening, and I hope you weren't in the same boat. But we need to realize God's given us a call to be a teacher to our children. They're looking for instruction. They're going to get it from the friends. They're going to get it from the world. But God wants them to get it from you. And so we see here that he wants us to teach. Sometimes we teach through, and this is the one that's so hard on us, is we teach through correction. God's put you in their lives so that you can mold them, so that you can bend them, so that you can correct them to raise them up and, and, and so that God can use them. In fact, Hebrews chapter 12, 7 through 9 tells us about discipline. It says it is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. Talking about God. He even disciplines us as a father to his children. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? Hey, all fathers need to discipline their children when they need it. Verse 8 says, if you are left without discipline, if you are not disciplined, your father doesn't love you enough to discipline, says in which all have participated, we all participate in getting disciplined, you then are illegitimate children and not sons. If your father it loves you, he's going to correct you when you need it. Why? Because he loves you and he wants you to grow and to be strong and he wants the, the, the things that you're giving over into that's causing the destruction in your life. It's going to hurt you. He wants to correct that. If our kids are running toward the street, we're going to grab them back and we're going to correct them because we realize if we let them go where they're heading toward, there's going to be destruction coming their way. It's going to happen. And so we sometimes have to correct. That's the things that bother us. That's the things 
that will uh, uh, cause us, it bothers us as fathers to think about when, there's many times I felt like I was probably too harsh, uh, particularly on my son. Uh, you know, your first child is your one that you learn with, and my son was strong-willed, and so we had a few times. You know what? I, my dad grieves the same way that I do, but you know what? I look at my life, and I realize I, I don't see, I tell him I needed a whole lot more, and if you, some of you all know me enough, you know, you'll probably say amen. He needed a whole lot more, but we need to realize that sometimes there has to be correction because correction is what puts a caution in your child's life to realize this important thing that I really, if you look at stuff's going on in these riots right now, here's something that people are not realizing, these young people that's rioting, they don't believe that there's any consequences to their actions. When we discipline, we are teaching them not only in the home that there's consequences to actions, but when you get out of the home, there's consequences. And when you get to heaven, there's consequences for our actions. So it's important that we realize that we teach through correction. I remember growing up, I, I remember I was trying to think of some of the times I had so many times that I got in trouble and I was, and I sure didn't seem to learn the lesson well enough. But I remember sometimes even at church, uh, I know you can't believe that I'd act up in church, but I would. And I remember that look from dad, that little finger or that look that told me, okay, you, you there you go. You, you're going to get it. Well, we lived, we was going to church in London and we lived over here in Jackson County. And, uh, so, man, I, boy, it humbled me when I said, I thought, boy, I got to be good because he, maybe he'll forget. And, uh, and so all the way home, it was about a 30-minute drive. They'd talk after church. And, man, I, I couldn't even re relax anymore because I thought, I'm in trouble. I, I know I deserve it, but, man, maybe he'll forget. And so we would come home. <laughs> I'd be quiet in the car. I wouldn't make a peep. Somehow I thought, if I don't make a noise, they'll forget I'm back here. And so, but we get home. Soon we got the house, boom, in the house, get my clothes off, get the lights off, get under the covers, thinking maybe I'm afraid. No, no, dad's memory's really good. And so, and why? Because he knew I needed correction because I needed, and you know what? I did. I needed it. Still do, I, I, and also I remember even in my, so in my life, I'm, I've told some of you before, my son got in the same exact circumstance, and he knew he was in trouble, and he got home, and he come back out of his bedroom before I could ever get in there and said, Dad, I think he might even had a tear in his eye, and he said, Dad, you don't have to whip me, and I said, why is that, son, and he said, well, I already whipped myself, I went in there, and I whipped myself, so I don't need any discipline, you know what, he actually got off, <laughs> He got off. It worked. I couldn't even take it. I couldn't even do anything but laugh at that point because he was so concerned. He took care of it himself. And so I realized he got the lesson. So he, he had learned his lesson. So God sometimes uses you to teach through correction. He does that with us, doesn't he? How many times he's had to correct me? How many times he's had to let us know you made a mistake and I still love you? But I want you to learn and I want you to grow. You know what else? How you teach your children? You teach them through your compassion. Your compassion to them at the right time. Uh, that God lets you use that. And it is a reflection of the Father. The Heavenly Father. We see that example here in Luke 15 verse 20. This is the story of the prodigal. I'm just going to read one verse. I'd like to unpack all this but I can't. But it says in verse 20, it's talking about this father. And it said, and he arose, this prodigal son, and came to his father. He couldn't get his father out of his mind. He, he, he knew where he was at, and so he knew he was lost, and so he wanted to go back to dad. He knew that's where he really needed it. He's the one that loved him. He's the one that cared about him. It says, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him. 
There's the wayward son. There's the one who rebelled. That's the one that told me. I wish you basically said, I wish you were dead. I won't want mine now. I don't want to live in your house anymore. And he left. But that father still loved him with all of his heart. And even though judgment's what he deserved, he knew what he'd been through. He knew for him to be coming back that the lesson had been learned. And he said he saw him and had compassion. He saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Let me tell you something. There is times that God will use you to be that compassion for your children when they deserve something totally different. You, you know they deserve that correction. But there's times that God will put in your heart and it's such a powerful lesson. There's times that I can remember that when my dad would give me uh, not what I deserve, but he would give me compassion when I deserved judgment. And it broke me worse than if I would have been beaten. <laughs> and uh, what an impact, what a lesson that I learned through compassion. And so what a powerful teacher God makes you through compassion. You know what else? This one's so important. God uses you to teach your children through example. You are a living example. So many times we want to say to our kids, do as I say, not as I do. That's not, doesn't work. You can say it all you want to, but your kids are watching everything you do. They're modeling themselves after you and what you do, and they're going to become you. That's why I was so grieved when I was a lost sinner, and my son wasn't even two years old. My daughter hadn't been born yet, and I knew that I was a sinner running from God, and I would get my son out of the crib at night with no one around, crying and holding him and praying to God, don't let my boy turn out like me. Why? Because I knew he's going to be like me. Whether I like it or not, what I am is what he's going to be. And it didn't take me. That was the God was already moving me back toward repentance. And that was God stirring me to realize my example is going to impact my children. Your example is going to impact your children. Don't think that you can just say, well, look at your mom or don't be like me. No, they're going to be like you. And so it's very important that you give them an example. Uh, this uh, verse in Proverbs 22, 6, such a powerful verse, says, Train up a child. In the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. This verse, when I read that, I think of many things. Uh, but uh, one of the things I was thinking about, I'm going to concentrate on that word train. That word train, I was thinking about uh, like a small tree. I know uh, in, my, in our yard or even growing up, I would see, <coughs> excuse me, people... Uh, would have trees and they would start to grow and when they're little and they're really weak and they would start growing and you would watch and they would try to lean a certain direction and they weren't growing straight and they weren't going to be as productive they weren't going to be as nice of a tree as it could be because it was twisting the wrong way and it kind of made me makes me think of the lifestyle of our kids and our and me as a teenager trying to go the wrong way and the only way you can fix that is there has to be an opposing force and so you'll see that they can take a like uh, little straps or take rubber or something and put on the backside of where that tree is bending and put and and put put it on the backside and put a cord through it and put a cable through it and pull it back straight and keep pressure on it with a stake that's going to hold it straight and put resistance on that uh, uh, twist that's going the wrong way. Isn't that the way as a father, as parents are, that our children are trying to go the wrong way and our parent says, no, you cannot go that way and there is a 
resistance that pushes back. And it's God using you to say, that's not acceptable. That is not going to be something that God blesses in your life. And even though they don't like it, even though it's pressure, even though it's a resistance, they'll later appreciate the fact that you stood for something and that you were molding them. And what the outcome is, is through their life as you're molding them, when they get older and they're able to stand on their own and no longer is these supports have to be put upon them, now they stand straight and powerful. Now this tree is able to grow straight up and it has more strength. And so when the winds come, it's not susceptible. It's easily to fall over. Why? Because it's grew straight. It's not got forces already pulling it down. What a powerful example of what God wants to do in your life. So God teaches through example. You know what? You need to be an example of love. An example of love. Uh, that You know what? That's the most important thing in your kid's life. They need to know you love them. I, I never had to worry about whether my parents loved me. They told me. They did. I, was, I, I didn't feel comfortable when I was a kid hearing that. But I never doubted my parents loved me. It's so important that you love them. And one of the ways you love them is being involved in their life. I know sometimes we get busy. Sometimes uh, we can get to where we're distracted. Sometimes we can think we need to work to give them more things, and that's what they really want. No. You know what they really want? They want you in their life. They want to know you're there. They want to see you involved in their life, and it's so important. It's one of the greatest tragedies of our time. I've seen some of the statistics with what's going on right now in our country. One of the things that's impacting our country more than anything else is this one thing besides the fact we need revival and the reason we need God so much. And one of the reasons even causing that is the fact fathers are absent from the home. Fathers are not in the home. And I've seen some major statistics that's way above this. But the least number I've seen was that at least one in four homes, the father is not in the home. Now, I understand that sometimes that you have no choice. Sometimes things have happened and they're just you have no ability to be in the same home. But let me tell you something. Any opportunity that you have to be in that child's life, any opportunity you have to be plugged into their life, any opportunity you have to be there when they're, whatever they're doing, be, be involved, that is such a powerful thing that is going to impact their lives. I was looking at some statistics. And for the sake of time, I'll just let you know that there is a detrimental impact on the lives of children that the father's not there it impacts their self-confidence it impacts their mental health behavioral disorders and their future success there's many other things it is a very powerful thing to see how much and how important it is if fathers are in the home and fathers are part of their lives what an amazing thing that it does in these children like make them a priority let them know you love them let them know and i know you are that you care about them and that anytime you get an opportunity they are next to god your family becomes your number one priority more than anything else under your relationship with god should be that family not that job not anything else that family's got to be important and they need to know it show them love by being a priority making them a priority show them love uh, even when they've made mistakes even when just as this prodigal, even when great mistakes are made, reach out in love and let them see a picture of the Heavenly Father. That's the way. He, you know what? Of all these things that we're going to look at, you as a father, you reflect God to them. Whether you know it or not, whether it be positive or negative, our life, the way we live in front of our children, they see the Father in the reflection through a lens of their own earthly father, they see the spirit. So if we're hard, if we're indifferent, if we don't love them, if we reject them, if we are not compassionate, if we don't have understanding, if we don't love them enough to try to mold them and correct them, they don't see the heavenly father the way they should because that's how they see him, how they see you. So that's a very sobering thing to realize that 
uh, how important our position is and the calling of being a father. Love them even when they make mistakes. You know, you don't have to accept everything they've done, but they need to know no matter what they've done, you still love them. Amen? Uh, show them how you love them by loving their mother. You need to realize that the example you're setting in front of them with your mother or with their, their mother and your wife, that, that's how they're going to treat their wife. That's how they're going to see. And, and, and that's how your daughters are going to see. Is that the way that I should be treated? And they accept that or they reject that. And so we need to realize that's one way we need to show them love, how we treat their mother. And then we need to show them by love by doing things for others that can never repay us. What a powerful thing it is when your children watch us be selfless with people who can never repay us. And they see love not only for them, but they see love for others. And it models for them, just like what the Lord did for us. It models true love. And so that's very important. So give them an example of, hey, we need to give them an example. And, and this is the biggest one. I, I'm going to move quicker after this. But there needs to be an example uh, in our lives of obedience obedience it starts by us obeying God himself they're watching you and if we want our kids to follow the things of God then the way to do that is that we live our life in front of them obedient to God so that they see that God's important to us and it will pass on to them hey you may not see it right now you may think they're not paying attention you may think that they don't see that but they do and what's important to you will eventually be important to them so it's very important that we uh, uh, know and, and, and put our confidence in God in front of them and obey Him. Obey His Word, and then they will obey. How do we expect them to obey if we don't? You know how else we can be an example of obedience and teach them through obedience? We need to obey the authorities in our life. Hey, if we sit there and we sit there and talk about the authorities, whether it be the government or the police or, or, or anything that's an authority in our life, our boss or other things, even if they aren't good and they're, and, and they're not uh, 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 good people, we need to realize that our children are watching us. Our children are seeing the example that we put forward to them and, and they are being impacted by how we treat. We wonder what's going on going out here in these rights and the way there is such a disrespect for law enforcement hey these people are modeling what they have seen these people are modeling the way they were raised and so we need to realize that we teach through example and one of the ways we teach obedience is by uh, obeying authorities in our own life you know what else we need to uh, show obedience by obeying when no one is even looking they're watching you and they see that we're doing things because no one's looking. It doesn't matter when no one's looking. What are we teaching them as fathers is that as long as someone can't see you, it's okay. But we need to teach by obedience. I'm going to get off of that one. I know that could go a long way. But we are an example to our, chi our children. We, need our, we, are in a, uh, uh, we teach them through example. Uh, last one on this one is we need to be an example of faithfulness. We need to be an example of faithfulness. We need to be faithful to God in his house. If, we, if our priorities in life is that we're on the lake or we're doing everything else on Sunday or on when service is going on, instead of God, then they realize that you, faithfulness is not that important. 
that we can put God in a box and we can pull him out whenever we want to. But if we want to instill in our lives, our children, they need to see us being faithful. And it starts with a relationship with God. They need to see that it's important to be there. Hey, I never had to worry about that. Hey, I never knew, I never even thought about was I going to be in church when service is going on, revival is going on, whatever it was. Even when dad had to rush back and we had to rush down. Sometimes I remember I was telling my, one of my close friends the other day that I remember my grandmother used to live in London. I remember on uh, if we were sick on Sunday, I remember some of the not the program that come on Sunday night like the world of wonderful world of Disney and the animal kingdom and it come on right during church and, it, and we didn't get to watch that over here. We didn't have those channels and on Sunday well, I never got to watch it anyway because we was in church and so I knew if I was sick that I got to stay at grandma's house while church was going on and man and boy I had to be sick and there wasn't no faking it whenever I was sick I was hey I got I didn't I knew I could go and, and get to watch some of those programs but I never I knew that at 98 out of 100 services I was going to be right in that house why because my parents my father showed me and my mother showed me the faithfulness to the house of God and was an example of faithfulness you know what uh, we need to be faithful to teach them to pray and to teach them to love the Word of God. They are watching. Let me tell you something. You, you don't realize how watching your lifestyle, what they're doing, and what, how impact it has. You really don't. Just my parents' prayer lives had such an impact on me. It still affects me today. It still impacts my life today because I seen prayer was so important to them. And today, it's an important part of my life. Why? I rejected that. I ran from that. I didn't want to hear that as a teenager. I wanted to get away from their prayers. But let me tell you something. I couldn't get away from it because I knew it was a real deal. And so you want to model for your children and you what you want them to become, you be that in front of them. It's not too late to start. Today is a brand new day. You want your children, uh, your grandchildren, model these things in front of them. You have an impact you don't even realize. We need to realize <clears throat> that we are given an example, again, by the way, we're faithful to the mother. Be faithful to their mother. Be faithful to that relationship, and you're teaching them how to be faithful to their own and to God. And our faithfulness to him has an impact. Be faithful to your promises to them. Whatever you tell your children, I always made that a priority in my life. I realized how important that was. I wanted them to believe me if I said it. If I told them, hey, I'll help you do this, or we're going to go there, or whatever. I got to where I kind of guarded myself a little bit to make sure if I said I was going to do it. And sometimes, it, boy, it wasn't convenient. I can't say I've never failed there, but I can tell you I tried to come through with what I say because I want them to know Dad's word is his bond. Dad will do what he tells you he's going to do. Even if it's tough, he's going to try to come through, and we need to give an example. Of faithful. So God gives you as a teacher. Let me tell you, this one will be quicker. God has made you as a father, as we know, as a provider. He's made us as the provider for that family. Luke 11, 11 through 13 is the parable Jesus is talking about and comparing an earthly father to a heavenly father. It says, if a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg? Will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? And what it's saying here is that as an earthly father, when your children ask, do you give them less? 
Do you give them something that will hurt them? Do you give them something that won't satisfy, that will not meet their need? Because they've asked, do you go give them less or do you give them more? And the answer is resounding. It doesn't answer because it expects your mind to say, well, I know I would give them more. I would give them exactly what they need. I would give them more than they asked for. And then so it's trying to make a point. Therefore, you need to realize that God, who's better than you ever dreamed about being, will give his best. That's the Holy Spirit. And so he's saying in our lives, hey, fathers, fathers meet the needs of their children. Why? Because you're a provider. You're the one that meets their needs. And we know that. We know. And I watched my dad all of his life. He was a very good provider. And so we know one verse says that a father that won't meet the needs of their family, worse than an infidel. And it's talking about that intentional. There's times that we can't. There's a lot of unemployment right now. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the, we are the ones that when we have ability, when we have the ability for, uh, uh, to, for God to move in our life, that uh, uh, we need to realize that we are an example. We are an example to the Lord through His provision. And so we are a provision to them. This morning, we want our children to have everything they need. But you know what? And we give them not only what they need. Sometimes we want to give them what they want. And sometimes, but the most thing they really need, the most important thing is a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's the most important thing we can give them. So we need to uh, uh, realize that he is our provider. He is our uh, provider this morning. Amen. You know what else you are in your children's life? You are their strength. You are their God puts you in their life as their strength. Strength when they are afraid. When we're afraid and when we're fearful, we run to our fathers. We run to them. Why is that? Because we think that they are and believe with all of our heart they're the strongest, most powerful uh, person that we know. Nothing can touch your dad. Nothing's more strong than my dad. And I can go to him and he's the one I run to when we're fearful. Isn't that a wonderful picture of what we do in a relationship with our father, our heavenly father, is that we run to him. Why? We know he's the most powerful thing. We know that nothing can touch us when we're in his presence. And so we run to him when we are afraid because we know he's the one that can help us. And I remember as a child that I knew, hey, if I'm out in the dark and no matter what, if I might be fearful and whatever those sounds were and, and those the things that were around me, I wasn't fearful as long as dad was at my side. Why? Because he's bigger. He's stronger. He ain't afraid. And so therefore, I'm not afraid. So we run to our fathers for strength when we are fearful. Verse or, or the next thing is uh, we have strength that we offer our children when they are weak. Not only fearful, but when they are weak. Deuteronomy 1.31 says, And in the wilderness where thou hast seen how the Lord thy God bare thee, as a man doth bear his son in all the way that ye went until ye came into this place. He's talking about how he carried his children, those, those children through the wilderness, through all those years, through everything they faced. It was only because of his faithfulness and his strength and his help that they were able to be brought out of where they were, to be brought through that Red Sea, through that wilderness, and that God set them where they were. And it was all because of God. He was the one that carried them. And I was thinking uh, this, uh, this morning as I was looking at this, I was thinking about a time and I, when I cut my ankle. And it was a, a time, it was a pretty bad wound and it was pretty deep. And I remember that it was so bad and we didn't get stitches back then. And so we just bandaged it up and we had to wait 
for a period of uh, probably a couple of weeks to where it had the skin would grow back and it wouldn't actually burst back open. And so uh, we didn't have all the uh, urgent cares on every corner. And so uh, over here, so they bandaged it up. And I remember any time, like when I went from my grandmother's house to the house or anywhere we went, my dad would carry me. He was carrying me because I was weak in myself and I couldn't walk for myself. And so he was my strength. He was my strength when I was weak. And so I, I, I know that you as fathers, you are the strength of your children. And when, they're, when they have questions, when they need your help, uh, when they have weakness, when they need someone to fill in the gap and they feel insufficient, they come running to you because of your uh, influence in their lives. So we realize that we can be a strength. You know what else we have strength? We're strength when they need direction. You ever needed direction and go to your dad? Uh, I can tell you my, I'll probably wear my dad out. I'm, so I'm telling you, he's, uh, he's always got the right answer. Sometimes they're hard answers. Sometimes he's always right. Uh, but sometimes it's, we, it's easy for us to, um, it's easy for us to uh, uh, run to our dads, and, and, and we sometimes we don't want to hear what they have to say, but we know it's right. In Proverbs, it tells us about that, that there's wisdom in our fathers. It says in Proverbs chapter 4, 11 through 12, says, I instruct you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Why? Because the Father is directing paths. The Father is going before. The Father is the one that's leading their steps, protecting them, putting them on the right path that's going to get them to their destination, that's going to get them there safely because He loves them. And so we run to our fathers, and He is a strength in our life. He's a strength in our life. Number four, we are fathers. God has given us the calling of encourager. You are an important encourager in your children's life. Ephesians 6, 4 says to us, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. He's talking about here, don't provoke. It means don't ask, exacerbate. Don't cause your kids, don't drive them to frustration. Don't cause your kids to be frustrated and angry. And I was thinking, what would cause that? What are some of the things that we frustrate our kids with? One is when we let them think that what they're doing, they're, they're no good. We let them think that they're never going to be anything. We give them no hope. And Lord, help me not to be that person. I can tell you that's one thing in my, my growing up that my parents always were so good at. And even today, even this morning, they encouraged me. They contacted me and encouraged me this morning. Some of you all did the same thing. And so much appreciate that encouragement. It's so important in our lives. And fathers, God has put you in a place so that you can reach out to those children and not exacerbate them, not frustrate them, but encourage them in the right way. Give them hope uh, where there is no hope. We need to realize how we need to encourage them, and it causes growth. I was thinking my wife has got a, when we went to, we've been to Italy a couple of times, and we were privileged enough a couple of years ago to go to Italy. And, we, and if you go to Italy, you're going to see lemons everywhere. She loves the lemons, and she loves 
food, all the little dishes with lemons. She loves pictures with lemons. She just loves lemons. And when we got back, one of the things she wanted was, and it's hard to grow in this area, is a lemon tree. And so we bought a little lemon tree, and it was kind of expensive, and we shipped it in. And she started out in the house, and she nurtures it, and she uh, uh, kept trying to get it to grow. And then during the summer, she would put it outside, and she would put it on the, on the back deck in a, a pot, and the pot keeps getting bigger. And she would give it just the right sunlight, and she would make sure the soul's just the right moisture, and she would give it everything it needs, not too hot, not too cold. She watches the temperature. When it gets down, if it's going to get into the 40s, she gets the thing back inside on these big rollers. Now, this thing started out little. Now it's getting quite large, and it's getting, I don't know what we're going to do next year. It's barely working now, so I don't know because it can't handle that cool weather. But she is encouraging it by making sure it's getting everything it needs and protecting it and, and, and watering it and getting the sun right where it needs and during the winter she brings it in when things are harsh and she puts it near a window so that it gets the right supplements through the sun and, t- and temperature so that it will grow even during the winter and protect it. You know, that's that encouragement. Sometimes those little words you say, all those little bitty things you do because you're trying to encourage someone, it causes what? Growth. It causes them to have strength. It causes them to bear fruit. Now on this tree, there's some lemons that's now growing. We're finally getting to see the fruit. Why? Because it's been encouraged. Because it's been, uh, there's been care that's gone into it. Hey, we need to encourage our children. God has given you the call to encourage God to serve God, their children to serve God with all their heart. That's what he wants you to do. Hey, you need to encourage them in prayer to pray and seek God for themselves. You need to encourage them to trust God in every situation that they're going through. You need to encourage them sometimes to stand on their own. Boy, this is so hard. This one's so hard. It's kind of like when your child is really small and they're trying to learn to walk. And we want to protect them and we don't want them to bump their head. We realize that they've got to learn to stand on their own a little bit. And they'll never learn to walk if we don't let go. And we don't give them some space to let them walk. We're watching. We're right there. We're going to make sure they don't get hurt. But we're going to let them start walking on their water privilege. And later on in life, we put them on that bicycle and we take off those training wheels. And we realize that it can be dangerous but we encourage them and we're right there we've got their hand on them and we we develop them until finally they can walk and ride on their own whoa and it's such a blessing to us when we see that we have then passed to them and we've encouraged them so that they can stand on their own two feet and realize that we've set the example psalms 124 or 127 4 and 5 tells us about this skilled hunter and the arrows that he possesses says as arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gates. He's talking about children. We encourage them. And sometimes we see in their lives what God wants to do. We see God's given them special abilities. We see that God's got his hand on their life. And we encourage them by saying, listen, do you keep pursuing God? You keep pursuing this thing. You put God first in your life. And we're pointing them just like that skilled hunter with that arrow. And we know that we're going to hit the target. If we keep pointing them in the direction of the things of God, there's going to be success in our life. They're going to grow. They're going to find 
great power in their life because we encourage them toward the things of God. In my life, I see my children. I encourage them the things I knew God was working in their life. And, and sometimes I fail. But I can tell you, God blessed and moved and still working in their lives. And they have such great ability. Why? Because God is number one. And so when they put God first, man, he blesses. And so we need to encourage. Don't we need to encourage our children more and our grandchildren and so forth? And finally, the last one. God has not only called you to be a teacher. God's called you to be a provider. God's called you to be your children's strength. God's called you to be an encourager. You know what else God's called you? And this one is really foremost. God's called you to be that priest in that home. God's called you to be the spiritual leader of that home. God has put a call on us as fathers to represent him in that home and to realize we impact the children for Christ and for God. Proverbs 27 tells us the just man walketh in his integrity. He walks upright before God. His children are blessed after him. Why? We walk before them as an example toward the things of God. We represent him. We're the priest of that home. And because we follow God and we give them the right example and we're leading them, they'll follow us. It may not happen immediately. You may think they're not following. They're not paying attention. Hey, let me tell you something from my own life. I was watching. I was paying attention. And later in life, even though I rebelled, I came back. What was it? That stuff impacted me that I seen. Joshua, what an example he was at the end of his life he is he's still the priest of his home and he speaks for his family and he's talking to the children of Israel before he dies he's calling them to come out of adult don't get into adultery don't fall into the sins of your fathers but choose who you're going to serve and it says in Joshua 24 14 and 15 I'm almost done it says in verse 14 now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. What an example. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in the land ye dwell. And here he is, the priest of his home. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve God. He is the God of our home. And I'm going to represent him as his priest in my home. And I'm going to make it my purpose. God has put you there. Number one. So that you represent him to your children. And you live your life and draw him. And draw them toward the things of God. So that you keep putting in front of them the principles of the word of God. And living an example. And calling them to live their life. And to yield to God. You are a priest. Listen. One of the worst mistakes I've ever heard. This excuse that families use. Is to say I'm going to let my children make their own decisions. As young children. I'm going to let them decide if they're going to go to the house of the Lord. I'm going to let them decide how they're going to live. Let me tell you something. If you take that flower that you plant out in your yard and it's 90 degrees outside and it don't rain for two weeks if you say that same thing to that plant I'm going to let it do its own thing I'm just going to see how it turns out what's going to happen every single time you'll come out there and find a dead flower it can't do it in itself. It doesn't have the ability in itself. It doesn't have the wisdom. It doesn't have the ability to get to that. But it's you that's supposed to train it. And it's you that's supposed to give it what it needs. So that it will grow up strong. And you are the one that has, has given the charge of that home. To encourage and to draw and to teach. And to put them where they need to be. And encourage them in the house of God. Even when they want to go there. And when they, then when they get older. 
And it, that verse that says, And when they grow old, they shall not depart from it. They shall not depart. Why? Because you've trained them. Because you have put them in a place and showed them the way to live. And then when they get older, when I fled from the things of God, when I became a sinner and I ran from the things of God, I became miserable. And the things of God started drawing me. The Holy Spirit that I got filled with with 12. And the remembering my home and remembering the Christian school and remembering the principles that I was taught in my home. They drew me back to the things of God. Hey, I came back. Why? Because I was trained in them. Because I had been taught to be faithful to God. And I knew there was a void in my life. What if they said just do whatever you want to? What would I have came back to? I may still be lost. Thank God. Thank God that we are called to be a priest in our home. In so many homes. We may not take it as serious as we should. God, help me to see that. Help our fathers to see that. Help us to realize how important he wants us to represent him. He wants us to instruct in the word. He wants us to be his example to those children as priests in our home. He wants you to lead them to him. Don't let them make up their own mind. You can't force them to get saved, but you put them in the house of God. You encourage them. When they, when they do things, you give them the word of God says, this is why this will never prosper because the word of God says this, and this is why that's wrong. And we teach them. And you know what? Sometimes we come to them and we even say to our children, I'm sorry, I've made a mistake. And we teach them forgiveness and, and that we're, uh, repentance. And we show them that there's even times that we have to ask forgiveness. Oh, what a high calling God has put in our lives. And he's called us to be the priest of that home. My father was always a godly example. I never can. Thank God he's, uh, he's had a rough year and a half. And I thank God for his example. I know he's still, uh, still watching today. And I'm, I'm sad that he's not actually being in the service with us, that we're not together. I got to go see him yesterday. But I want him to know, as many of you all may have the same testimony, my dad has always been an example of God to me. My dad has always been faithful to me. My dad exhibits every one of these traits. And I'm thankful for what he's been in my life. So many times I feel like as a father, I'm a failure. Why? Because I look at the goodness that I've seen and the faithfulness that I've seen. And it causes me, and not only that, but I look at how faithful God is to me. And see, that's what God wants you to do. God wants you to see and get your lessons. God wants you to get your understanding of what a real father is by looking at what he's did for you. You as a father, as we go back to these first verses, we see that a son who is now a father has learned the lessons that his father told him and said, listen to what I'm going to tell you. If you'll do what I'm telling you, there's life in that. Follow the example that I've set before you because I followed my father and then you pass it on to your children. That's the plan that God has. God wants to not only let you see what God's done for you. God not only wants you to see the lessons that our heavenly father and then our earthly fathers has taught us and those wonderful lessons, those wonderful attributes that we've seen. But God wants us to pass those same things and take deliberate time to teach those to our children. And then we pass it on to them so that they if the Lord tarries in a few years sits down with their children and says, listen I was the son of my father and he told me this to listen to my wisdom and if you will listen to me, it'll be life to your life. It'll be life to your body. It'll be success. It will be peace. It'll be joy. That's what God wants to do. So there is a high calling of a godly father. I can't imagine. I can't imagine how different my life would be if I hadn't been raised in a Christian home and had a godly father or my grandfather. 
the people in my life. What a faithfulness that God has been to me. And you may say, but that's not in my case. That's I didn't have a godly father. I didn't have a, grand, a godly grandfather. Well, God wants to start right here today with you. You may not even have children. That's the best time to completely give your heart and life to God and realize that he wants to use you. He wants to bless you. He wants to uh, uh, put his hand on you, and he wants to use you through those children's life. What a high calling. God has given us as fathers. This morning as we pray, I want to thank God for the fathers again. I want to thank him for you, fathers. And then I want him, and this morning, even if you don't know him, I don't know who's watching this morning, but if you don't know him, he wants to be your heavenly father. You've, you've never known a father as good as him. And scripture says, if your earthly fathers do good to you, you don't, hey, I'm so much better. And if you miss that relationship, you've missed it all. All this world has to offer. You miss that relationship. You've missed it all. So this morning, you can ask God to be your heavenly father, and he'll put you on a brand new course so that you can realize the high calling of being a godly father. And God can use you to turn it completely change. And even if some of these areas you see weaknesses and you feel like I didn't do very well, God can turn it around today if you'll just let him. This morning, if you don't know him, call out him and ask him to forgive you. Ask him to cleanse you, to come into your life, to be your heavenly father, to wash you clean with his Savior's or his son's blood. He'll do that. And for the rest of us, I'm going to pray God bless you and use you this morning. Would you pray with me? And for you all, would you pray that God would reach lost souls that might be watching this morning we have no idea but God uses uh, this these services to reach people that we don't even know let's pray together will you heavenly father we come before you we thank you for first and foremost how wonderful of a father you are God what a wonderful example of love almighty God and joy and, and compassion and grace and mercy and God you just we can't even understand the depths of the love that you show Lord, I, I thank you for your presence that I feel this morning. I thank you for your love as a father to me. Oh, God, that you still love me and your arms of love wrap around me. And I feel your presence so strong at times. And, God, I thank you for that. You love me. And, God, you're still trying to teach me, God. And I thank you for, Lord, my father. And, Lord, for all these fathers that are watching this morning. Thank you for the impact they've had. Thank you that they've let themselves be your vessel you can use. And, God, I pray that, God, that they would today determined to listen even more God that they would say God use me more than I've ever been used and God they would feel you this morning you would do such a work that God that they would just Lord it would just grow it would just be amazing what they would do in their children's lives and their grandchildren's lives and even those that Lord are around them God bless them God put a special blessing and God Lord for someone today they don't even know you they hear about these things. They're so foreign to them. They don't understand. They don't know you. They don't experience. Lord, they're just sitting here thinking, is it true? Is it really true that God loves me when no one else seems to? God, it's the answer is absolutely yes. God, right now, reach down with your mighty power and get a hold of that life and let them call out on you and say, God, if you're real, wash me. I accept you as my Savior. Wash me clean. Wash away every sin. I put my complete trust in you and your Son, Jesus Christ. Oh, God, let joy fill their soul and let them be thrust into the kingdom. And, Lord, let their life and, Lord, their whole family completely change because of your glory. 
I thank you for that this morning. This morning, God put a blessing on everyone watching. God, let this be a wonderful, blessed day. And God, that you would, Lord, that families as they get together, you would be the center of every situation. And you would be lifted up. And God, that you would receive the glory in the name of Jesus Amen. Be with us on uh, Wednesday night. Don't miss it right here, right where you are, uh, 7 o'clock on Wednesday. And the Lord bless you. And thank you for being part of our service in Jesus' name. Amen.